Hey guys, thanks so much for checking out the lead podcast. Just before we dive into this episode, I want to just give you a little bit of a sneak peek of how this was recorded. We were actually caught off guard with the opportunity to interview Sela, and so I didn't have the right equipment to do it, and so we had to share one microphone on a mic stand between the three of them, which meant that, that I couldn't really control distance and things like that from the microphone. So if the audio is a little unbalanced or, or you may have to turn it up and down in a couple of spots, I've tried to bandage as much as I could, but this interview is amazing quality. We love talking with Sela. It was an absolute blast to meet them and to get to know a little bit more of their story and their experience. We hope you laugh along with us as we talk about ministry, life on the road, and what it means to serve the people of God. Thank you guys so much. Here is our interview with Sela. Welcome to the Lead Podcast, helping you to get it, grow it, and give it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lead Podcast. I have a special guest today, Sayla, uh, Alan, Amy, and Todd. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. All right, so let's jump right in. Um, you've been doing music for, for how long? This is 21, almost 21 years exactly for the group, for Sela. All of us probably since we were little kids. I know I started playing piano when I was seven, and I'll be 48 this year. So a long time, yeah. Yeah. All right, so how, how did you guys get together? What, 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 what made you decide to, to, to join, have, have three and sing and go <laughs> tour and... Yeah, uh, Todd and I actually met, uh, we went to the same uh, college, it was Belmont College in Nashville, now it's Belmont University, but w I got there in 1988 and Todd came a few years later, we met there, and I was playing piano for a local church in Nashville. One Sunday morning, my music minister could not be there, so he said, hey, can you find a sub for, you know, all he has to do is stand up here and sing the songs, he's like, we're not going to do choir, he won't have to direct anything, so just kind of sing loud so the congregation can follow. Because okay. I can't read music, so. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, uh, so I was like, I've got the guy, and, and I knew the congregation would love him, so I, I called Todd and I said, hey, would you just come and, you know, all you have to do is kind of just sing big, which he does anyway, and so he's like, sure, sure, so we did that congregation loved him. I knew they would. And they were like, hey, could you two put on a concert like in a couple of weeks uh -huh. on a Sunday night? And we were like, and you know, here we are. We're young college kids. You know, they're like, yeah, we'll take a love offering or whatever. You know, you're broke. And we're young and dumb. And sure. we thought, how hard could it be to gather material in two weeks? You know, we we're like, oh, sure. No problem. So then we, we were like, well, gosh, it ended up, we're like, that's a lot faster than we thought. So Todd roped his sister, Nicole, in. Nicole was our original female member. Uh, so it was Todd's sister, and so he's like, I don't. I he said, let's get her and let's all put this stuff together. Of course, we didn't have time to get a band or anything like that. So it was piano vocal. Ended up that night being piano vocal and nearly all hymns. We were just like, we don't have time to write original songs or anything. Let's just pick some hymns that love that we love, and hopefully that'll move the audience. And it did. And so people in the audience were like, Hey, can you come do it at my church? Can you come do this at my church? And it just kind of snowballed from there. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. So as you look at Christian music, how, how have you seen Christian music evolve and change uh, over the last 20 years? Wow, over the last 20 years. I would say probably one of the biggest things is the um, worship music has probably evolved the most. You know, if you go back to the 80s and 90s, it was more artist-driven. And I think now you have a lot more where the music is coming out of the church. Okay. Um, you have a lot of... Um, you know, whether it's Hillsong or it's um, uh, just 
I mean, so many different churches, you know, from all over, but where where basically people are dictating, in a sense, churches are kind of saying, "Hey, these are the songs that mean something to us." Yeah, that's, and that's, that's, that's main distinction. Yeah, 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 and then that's that's you know where things are really growing, and then when those worship songs start to take off within the church, a lot of times artists will notice those songs and they go, "Oh, I I want to record that one. You know, I want to do that one." So I think that's that, and I think that's a good thing. I think that's a uh, um, um, that, you know, that really helps as far as, you know, people who are your audience basically basic, saying, hey, these are, you know, the songs that mean something to us. So I think that's that's been a huge thing. Uh, one of the, on a side uh, note of that, I think with um, streaming, with um, iTunes, with, you know, digital sales, you know, that kind of thing, it's completely transformed the yes. business side of things, where suddenly now you're going from selling a ten song album to for eighteen dollars back, you know, in the day to uh, one song for a dollar twenty nine, maybe an album for nine ninety nine, and now you know it's. I mean, most. I mean, even a, a, people who are older are starting to stream or starting mm-hmm. to you know realize what that is. So it's transformed everything in a way. Like we're kind of going from the horse to the automobile. And we're all trying to figure it out. It's like, how do you make a living doing this? How do we? How do we do this? Um, you know, how do you get the music out there? And and, and whereas before you would go, um, well, we're we're going to release this song and we're going to re- release it to radio, and that's it. Now it's we're going to release it to radio and we're going to release it to YouTube and Facebook and Spotify, Spotify. And, and it's kind of all of these things together, um, all these different platforms um, that. 15 years ago, 20 years ago, we had no clue what that was. You know, we, we didn't know what it meant, and we're still trying to figure that out. So I guess those are those are two different good, things. Good. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how your experience has been, but friends of mine that are, that are musicians and, and singers and they go around churches sometimes have great experiences, sometimes uh, not that much. Like uh, the church sometimes is not appreciate uh, the musical talent. I believe you should give it away for free because ministry, like Jesus never charged for his ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what, what would be a couple of experiences that you've had um, that are crazy, funny, interesting, uh, <laughs> bad? Oh. Bad. Oh, we, you, don't have to, you don't have to name well, names yeah, yeah. If, if you don't I'll want to. I'll tell you to. what. Uh, here. One you get. Okay, so we did a tour. We uh, Now, it wasn't so much yeah, that we were... Um, it was a specific church, um, and there have been some funny ones. There have been some where you're like, man, why did that guy even ask us to come? Because he didn't even want us here, you know, that kind of thing. Most of the churches that we sing at, and I'm not just saying this, yeah. they're amazing, and they're wonderful, and they're so excited to have you. But out of 22 years, 21, 22 years, you have stories. Uh, we did a tour with um, Third Day years ago, mm-hmm. And the routing on that tour was insane. It was the average drive was about eight hours, seven to nine hours every night. And our we had to rent an RV, and the RV shocks broke in the first week. And we crossed, we did 40 dates in seven weeks. And, um, and we had a driver, but I had to drive with him. So we were like splitting the time. Um, we didn't have hotel rooms, so we would wait until the driver, third day's bus drivers left their rooms at like midnight, and then we would take their rooms and we'd sleep for like f- four or five hours, mm-hmm. and then we would drive. So 
they routed this date or this routing through Texas. And uh, for people who aren't familiar with Texas, uh, Houston is 10 hours east of Lubbock. So Lubbock is, I guess, 10 hours west of Houston. We were in Houston. It was the fifth date that we'd done in Texas. And then we had to drive six hours west to Lubbock. And then we had to drive 17 hours east to Rome, Georgia. Wow. And we get there, and there was uh, it was a cornfield or a, pe- a peach tree. I mean, it was, it was, there was like nothing there. It had just rained. The stage was about, I don't know, six inches off the ground. And there were about 21 people there in lawn chairs because it rained. Nobody showed up. So we sing. We had 15 minutes. And most people at that time, we were new, so they didn't care who we were. They were there to see Third Day. So there was there was, 20, there was 25, 21 people to see Third Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that, and this is before they blew up. <laughs> okay, they, yeah, this yeah. is before they blew up. But still, yeah, it was yeah. barely anybody there. And no one came to our merch table to buy. We had one CD and one T-shirt. And finally, this little uh, eight-year-old girl comes up to Alan with a $20 bill. And she said, here you go, and hands him the $20 bill. And he's like, well, honey, do you want... You want the CD or the T-shirt? She's like, I don't want anything. My parents just felt really sorry for you guys. <laughs> so. yeah. Oh, it, well, it can be really humbling, especially when you're starting. And I've got two quick ones. I thought you might tell this one, but we probably the worst one was we were, you know, this promoter hired us to come and sing, and you know, we were coming to sing, and right before we set foot on stage, he said, um, he's like, I'm not going to pay you. What? You know, I mean, and there were, you know, there were signed contracts and everything. I mean, and, and you know, people, uh, I mean, you know, this is this is our job. I mean, yeah, we yeah. love serving. Sure. We love yeah. ministering. But this is how we put food on our tables for yeah. our families. And this is how we pay our mortgage. And this is how. So it'd be like, you know, someone going to a nine to five job and they mm-hmm. show up, you know, or, or they finish their work on Friday for that week. And the boss says, hey, I'm just I'm not going to pay you this week. I just, mm. you know, so. um, So he just said, I'm, I'm not going to pay you. And so we were, I mean, we were just about to set foot on stage. So, of course, the road manager was like, I'll handle this in a bit. But, like, you're in a dilemma right there because yeah. it's either you could say, okay, we're not going to perform if you wanted to take kind of that hard line. Yeah. But the thing is, the audience was already there, and they're not going to they're not gonna blame. Like yeah, some people are driven for So the audience isn't necessarily going to blame the promoter. They're going to be like, wait, Sayla's sitting right backstage and they're not going to come out and sing, and I drove all this way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we went ahead and did the concert, and uh, you know we were just like, hey, you know what? We'll just leave it in God's hands. People here probably need ministering too, and we'll, you know, it'll work out somehow. And uh, and so we we did the concert, and he never paid us or anything. But really, he didn't pay. He made us do a photo yeah. afterwards with him, though. You know, we never. <laughs> like okay. And then um, and you put the fingers behind the head. <laughs> and then what was it? Oh, I, I just the bank one. Oh, there was one more. You know, it already slipped my mind. That that one, that was probably the worst about the promoter that blatantly movie? said I wouldn't say worst, pay. but like we had a, it was a banquet for, for Christmas oh. that we were um, hired to come sing at, and it was for a bank, so it was like their Christmas party, and the, and bank's the owner's bank wife. owner, his wife was a huge Sailor fan, loved You Raise Me Up, her favorite song, so he, being very sweet husband, like bought us for the Christmas party, uh-huh. like he, you know, booked us to come sing, and but it was in a hotel, and so you know, um, it was were... not a religious Christmas party. This no, is just a, it wasn't like this is just it wasn't banks. like a Christian it's, bank. It's, no, it's just no, like, it was literally a just a bank's yeah. Christmas party. Yeah, it's like an so open there was bar the banquet yeah, yeah. tables, and then there was the stage, and then there was the open bar, and so we and our Christmas album is not like Holly Jolly Jingle Bells. Like it's very deep, serious, 
serious Christmas music. And so, you know, we're up there trying to sing, Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. And they're just, like, getting pouring drinks and talking. And the only person really watching us is the sweet bank owner's wife. And she's just so happy we're there. And we're just like, we're going to die. Well, These didn't people... after we sang one song, Oh, yeah, we like said, half the room got up and went oh, out. Oh, yeah, they yes. left the room. The, they went to the, the, the bar. Yeah, the room stood up and went to the wet bar. And yeah. so... I was still, I still was fairly new to, only a couple years in, and Todd and I, all of a sudden, I don't, he skipped a couple songs, and and we went and sat down, and I leaned over and said, we, you skipped a few songs, and listen, he's like, we, we gotta finish, we can't, we can't do this, I mean, this was just, it was painful, so I think we broke out. Oh, we we finally Christmas brought carols. out Frosty the Snow. I mean, we went all. We just didn't know what to do. These poor, and they Frosty were so and sweet, Rudolph, but... and they were like, <laughs> I think I, we did some 80s songs, <sighs> and they were like, yeah. So that was, just it was pretty humiliating. But I mean, I mean, the people were sweet. It was just, that was the wrong venue for was, us. Like, they they wanted to like, as, dance. And... You know, like somebody like Denver and the, I mean, you know, Maha, <laughs> like a swing band or just a, you know, a secular artist. Because sure. it was, that yeah. was tough. But a couple yeah. people afterward, they are like, we really liked your music. Yeah. You know. Now, People have strong opinions yeah. of of different things. So if you want to divide a room, talk about politics right. mm-hmm. um, or preferences in music, yes. right? Um, have you guys encountered people that are not really happy with your music? How do you deal with critics, with haters, with uh, trolls, with people that say, um, well, I don't think God appreciates that? Or have you encountered any of that? Because, I mean, you're, you're pretty universally loved. You're loved yeah. by older people and, and younger people, which is really rare. Uh, that mm-hmm. you, you you're not you know in a, in a, just a category. So how how do you deal with that? Yeah, we've been pretty fortunate on the whole. When you yeah. say like just as far as not too much. I remember uh, you know you you will get some responses once in a while there. And I remember early on, I remember Margaret Becker telling us like we were like oh man we got this letter you know or what email from something. She's like listen, she goes Steve Green told me that he gets hate mail from people <laughs> and. And we were like, what? And she said, she goes, and I told myself, if Steve Green gets hate mail, she's like, I'm doing, we're doing okay. She said, she goes, we're all doing okay if Steve Green gets it. So, but on the whole, I mean, not, not too I'd bad. I'd say probably because we do a huge variety. Yeah. Uh-huh. And because we do a lot of hymns, I think yeah. probably. So you make everybody mad. So it's fine. <laughs> so everyone gets well, upset. We catch flack sometimes because we, um, like I did musical theater growing up. And so we've worked up a few songs from musicals that we'll do, some Broadway songs. And then Todd does a killer journey song. And we do it for for fun. And I think we've kind of done it as an encore here and there. And we, one night, it was, you can, we know how to read a room. You can tell when the crowd is super engaged just in the experience and they're not going to boo you for doing a journey song. And so we had a concert um, with Todd's brother. It was like last year sometime. And... He, um, you were joking. I think as a joke, he said something like, highway run, and everybody started screaming, and it was like, oh, should we do that song? And they were like, yeah. Well, his brother started Facebook living it, because it was just this impromptu moment where he started singing a Journey song, um, and, and it was so fun, and then we shared it on our Facebook page, and we got the old, like, don't change who you are. <laughs> Stop changing your music for others. <laughs> And just people being so yeah, don't sell your worried soul or, you know, like, and judgmental we're that gonna... we were suddenly not going to be singing Christian music anymore because sure. Todd busted out with a yeah. journey song. And so we we get that a lot if we do anything creative outside of the um, super Christian box. I do mom parodies, and I'll catch flack from people who think that it's not um, 
if it's not about Jesus 100%, then I must not be really serving him. And I think, you know, at some point we just have to be confident enough in who we are in Christ. And, um, I, I have, you know, my brother-in-law is my pastor. My, my sister's like a spiritual mother to me. And I have several key people in my life who are my, what I would call spiritual mentors, people that I go to for advice, people that lovingly rebuke me when I'm wrong. And I trust them. Yeah. I listen to their earthly voice and the voice of my heavenly father. And so, um, if I were doing an action where, I was out of bounds or just, you know, maybe not doing something appropriate, I would trust that if I couldn't hear the Lord on it, that at least someone in my close circle would say, hey, Amy, that was really questionable. I, I don't know that that looked appropriate for what you do with Selah. You might want to think about that um, because I trust them and they know my heart and they know who I am at my core. And so they know my love for the Lord. And so I think I just at times have to disconnect from what you call the Facebook trolls or just the people online who want to try to judge me for one little word or one little action and know that they don't know my heart. They don't know who I am in my relationship with the Lord. And so their voice can't um, have authority in my life. Sure, I I, I think that uh, a a principle in life is the further you remove the R from a situation, the easier it is to judge Mm. and easier it is to, to offer solutions and advice of things you're not really related to. Um, now, you guys are on the road. How many? How many days a year? Seems like a million. <laughs> <laughs> a it can lot. vary year to year. Oh, it used to be. Oh, a ton. At our biggest, what was it? Over two hundred back in oh one, oh two. Oh, I mean, before just, my time. Yeah. yeah. So when families coming and children coming, that's gone down. But it'll vary. What anywhere from what fifty concerts up to eighty a year, yeah. somewhere yeah. in that range. So, so how do you stay grounded as far as you know, still, still, still be connected to to a local church, to mm. a, to a growing? Um, if, if you're on the road all the time, I mean, you're singing the same songs. It, mm-hmm. You know, I can get a rope. You know, for the presence of God is important. Uh, so, how do you stay connected to God, to a local church, to your families, uh, to to yourself, uh, you know, margins where you're just not always giving and burning mm. the candle at both ends. Uh, how do you stay grounded and balanced in your life? I think that's just the constant struggle and constantly reevaluating. Like, yeah. have I been in the Word enough this month, or has did I leave my Bible at home on how many trips because I was so busy? And um, am I listening to my sermons online with my you know pastor? And I think for me. It's easier to be connected to my local church because I'm related to my local. It's my brother-in-law <laughs> yeah. and my sister are our pastors, and so um, it's a little easier for me to at least be connected to what's happening there um, because I'm in constant. I talk to my sister almost every day just because we're best friends, mm. um, but she's always checking on me, and um, she can tell by my demeanor if I'm I'm burnt out. She can tell by one look on my face when I show up for worship practice. Like you don't really want to be here. Are you okay? How are you doing? Have you have you given too much this month? And um, she's always very careful to um, to make sure I'm okay. And that's really important to me um, because I love to serve at my church, but at the same time, um, it can become obligatory. Mm-hmm. And even just shows can become obligatory. There are nights mm-hmm. where like, I don't want to get on the airplane and I don't want to go do this show and I have to. And then I get there and I'm tired and I'm just poured out and mm-hmm. empty. And I'm just like okay, Lord, I don't want to be here, but you have me here for a reason. And I, I feel like in those times, those are always the sweetest shows where God will use the people that have come to bless us and to almost pour back into us while we're 
worshiping. And um, I think it's a constant struggle to keep that balance of, you know, going to church, going to small group is almost non-existent, I think, in our lives. I mean, my pastor finally asked once, like, why don't you go to small group? I'm like, because it's like I'm only home two nights a week with my child, Mm -hmm. and that's one of them. And he has to be more important sometimes, you know, like mm-hmm. I have to put him first. And so I think it's just, um, it's a hard, a hard balance. And I think we take time off, which is good. I think we have seasons where yes. like this season seems to be very uh, open, lots of, lots of time home and to make the most of that with um, connecting with our church and connecting with small groups and connecting with people. But I think ultimately it's, you know, are we in the word? Are we? Are we digging in? Are we praying? Are we asking God to show us himself on a regular basis? Because I think when we stop doing those, I don't want to call them like basic Christian yeah, correct. things, yeah, but yeah. like, you know, we serve the Lord and part of our foundation, the only part, biggest part of our foundation is reading our Bible and praying and spending time in worship with him yes. on our own. Because we can do that on stage all day long, but if we're not worshiping at home, if we're not worshiping in our private time, if we're not, you know, really... And, and taking quiet time to listen to the Lord speak to us. I think Alan, he got sick over in January and mm-hmm. he was in bed for a month. And I, you did some serious listening and God mm-hmm. kind of put you down for a little while and spoke to you in ways I think that, that were yeah. new for you too. Well, and it's good to have a, like Amy said, this season's a little more home. But like last fall was just, I think starting first weekend of September, were we even home like through December? Do we have one or two weekends at home it was, maybe? It was a so, and just gone, like, you might be home for three days, and then you're, and you know, when you've just come off the road, yeah. you know, I mean, and you know, you, I mean, you travel, uh, three days, like, you know, you run in, you, you throw your laundry yeah. in the, as fast as you can, look at, do I have any bills that are due to, I mean, you know, just yeah. all the, just kind of the normal life stuff, your three days are gone, practically, by the time, I mean, just when you feel like, okay, I can breathe, oh, I've got to hit the bus again tonight, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so, it was real busy in the fall. But this, just January, I caught the flu and double pneumonia at wow. the same time. And so it, I had to miss a couple of shows. They uh, a, a good guy subbed in for me on a couple of shows, but I was just flat out in the bed for about a month. I mean, you know, just staying around the house. Sure. And, but actually it ended up, I mean, I, I I just needed, even though I was sick, though, I needed that. I just needed rest and stillness. Mm-hmm. And, and I do believe, um, you know, if you... If you're not going to slow down, and it's not that I want to be a workaholic, but it's like if you're just your schedule is so, you're just exhausted and gone. If if you're not going to deliberately try to slow it down, I think your body will slow it down for you. Yeah, you know, or or you know, God using that to slow. But yeah, I just did a lot of. I was like, I can just read and rest and be here and not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was wonderful. It was it really was. And then and just kind of direction for you know. I, I mean, just feeling this. It was really like a reinvigoration. Sometimes it's funny because people think, well, you guys have a glamorous life and you travel, <laughs> and they don't know about all the travels. <laughs> waking up, waking up in a hotel uh-huh. and not knowing what room you're in. Absolutely. And not, and what city, not city you're in. It's like, Absolutely. It's like, well, what? And a lot of times, too, when you're traveling, the, the if you, you're, oh, we're going to, to New York City and you're just there for a day and you just had enough time. You got up at 4 a.m., and by the time you drove to the venue, it, you'd sound check, and then it's time for the show, and then you go to your hotel. You didn't get to see any of New York. Sure. You know, you got to get out the next day, and then maybe you're in Oogabugaville, and you got two or three days there. You know, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> but for the most feel. part, it's yeah, you get to in a sense see things, but it's not like you not get really to hang sad. out because yeah. you're working. You know, you're yeah. 
Um, yeah, I can tell you a lot, a, a lot about the Hilton chains uh, yes, inside yes. rooms and how they have their curtains and how the you Hilton know, Garden Inn's <laughs> omelet is really good. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely! And then, like you know, and some people like just if they see your uh, see your CD in the store, or you know, some people, you know, some have written or some they they think you're just at, like I've I've got some family members actually back uh, back home in East Tennessee that some of them I think think that after every trip I come home and throw. Hundred dollar bills out on my bed and roll around in it, you know, and are just—I mean, you know—I've I've had a couple of them hint to whether I could get them a car or a college education or things like that, and, and I'm like, I don't know. And at the time, like I was driving it. Well, actually, the car I—I I just got rid of it last year. It was 15 years old. Yeah. You know, I kept a 15 year old car. I was like, yeah. I said, we're not, uh, you know, this isn't rock music or yeah. pop, yeah, no. you know, or country yeah, music. Getting rich. So yeah. yeah yeah. Um, so let let me ask you. We have just a couple of questions here. When you when you sing, um, and there are, for example, tonight we're recording this uh, before uh, an event where we're going to have a significant amount of unchurched people mm. that have been invited by their friends. Right? What kind of connection have you seen between the power of of a Christian song and and an unbeliever's heart? Like mm. when when they, when they make this connection and it, and music seems to bypass the mind and you go straight to the heart. Um, what kind of experiences have you had? Have you seen that connection? How important it is? Uh, because we want pastors and leaders that listen to this to to make sure. Um, sometimes music in churches is an afterthought. It's like uh, they they leave song service and they say, "Well, now to begin." It's like what what were you doing before? Um, so let's let's talk about a little bit of that connection and what you've seen on the road and if, as you sing in small and big and big venues, um, the connection between evangelism and and music. Well, I, I know for me, music. I think one of the reasons, obviously, one of the, the one of the main reasons why God created music was to worship Him. I think it's such it's a natural part of our DNA. Like it's, uh, you know, you can be so moved by a song, mm -hmm. you know, it's universal. So like Pavarotti singing, I forget what that main, the title of the song is, but it's, um, yes, oh, yeah. it, I don't even know what he's saying, but I am moved by that song every time I hear it. I mean, mm -hmm. every time I hear it. And when you infuse music and sharing about Jesus, um, and it's a well-written song. You know, there there can be some pretty bad ones that are written in Jesus' name, but when you have a um, when you have a song that that points to Him and that points to hope, regardless of who you are, I think that song can connect. And and it's just a very personal way. Um, uh, this one man uh, posted a note on Facebook, and he said. You know, I would never be welcome. We had we had just sung, we had sung, and I'd posted something, and he said, "Well, I would never be welcomed in your church." You know, and so I wrote back and I said, "Yeah, you absolutely would." You know, um, and we started to correspond. Come to find out, he's a teacher. Um, he's an atheist. Um, had horrible parents. I mean, just cruel, cruel people. Um, had gone through a divorce. Um, had gone through all kinds of stuff. And he was just aching and searching. And the very person who's saying, I don't believe in God is really saying, I want to know if he's real and mm -hmm. if he actually cares that I exist. And so we, um, 
I was very straightforward with him, you know, on questions, you know, that he would ask um, uh, about different things. But at the same time, I would say I can understand why yeah. this would seem very judgmental or I can understand why this would seem crazy or like Disney World or, you know, just different things like that mm -hmm. to be able to separate out, yes, this is my faith and this is what I believe. But I can get coming from us, you yeah. know, you don't come from that perspective. Yeah, yeah. Like we look like a bunch of weirdos, you yeah, know. We and, do, yeah. Um, slowly over time, he um, uh, started to. He said, "Don't pray for me." And then after a while, it was like, "Well, you can pray for me," you mm -hmm. know. And um, eventually, came to faith, and um, and we're we're good friends, you know. We'll we'll, we'll we talk, um, you know, just to and, and connect with each other and see how each other's doing. But it was music. It was he had heard our music. He had lost a child. My wife and I had lost a child. And so somehow he got on Facebook and heard a song of ours called I Will Carry You. And through that, started to find out more about us. And then at some point, that's when he first wrote that note. Yeah, but yeah. I would never be accepted in your church. Yeah. So I think music has such a powerful way of reaching people. And it's it's created by God. So it's... it's uh, it's it's naturally in them whether they realize it or not that it is a form of worship to him and so it can be such a powerful way to connect you can say things in music that you couldn't necessarily say like we were in a mall singing about Jesus mm -hmm. I couldn't necessarily get up in that same mall and preach yes. you know but I could get up and sing those same words you know through song yeah. our last question would be how how important is it for the local church uh, or the church in general uh, to pay attention to music and how we mm -hmm. worship. Um, so sometimes I think we use uh, we 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 use a different um, evaluation tool uh, with church stuff and and non church stuff. Like when somebody wants to sing, right? But they can't sing. Like when they mm -hmm. sing, like kids commit. Uh, kids cry and cats commit suicide it's like they cannot sing it's like but let let them sing and they use this these two things because it's spiritual mm -hmm. and sincere but we never get we never, never go to a doctor and say um when i operate yeah he's going to operate on you he's sincere and spiritual we, but he didn't go to medical school but I mean, but he loves Jesus, though. Uh, we, <laughs> we, never, we never, we never use that for mechanics or chefs mm -hmm. or. Right. But in the church, it's yeah. like what it just, and then they sing and it's terrible, and everybody says "Amen" and claps. Right? Um, how important is worship uh, at the local church level to impact, to bypass uh, sometimes what the the spoken word can do um, mm -hmm. to reach a heart and transform it for Jesus. Yeah, here, I'll go real fast and you throw something in. Um, I, what Todd was just saying for sure, just about how music has the power, I think, over words a lot of times. It can just penetrate. But like I, what you were just talking about, I always think of the story, you know, in, uh, in uh, the Old Testament when they're building, um, is it the, the tabernacle? And God says, I've gifted, you know, he's telling I've gifted this person and this person. This is an excellent weaver or this is an excellent, you know what I mean? Yeah. He... Uh, he had Moses get the most, you know, said, this man is so gifted at this. I mean, it was the most beautiful work that he could find. So I think I think excellence in the local church, I mean, excellence in all music is, you're right, sometimes it can be like, well, the secular people, they or secular music demands this level of excellence, but it's okay, it's just Christian music, we don't have to. Yeah. But it's like, I think 
we should be on the cutting edge, the front edge of yeah. that, because it's 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 to our Lord. It's it represents Him. It's our way of worshiping Him, honoring Him, giving to Him, serving Him, and people see that. And so I think it, I think Christian films, Christian music, everything should be. It should be the top. Like the secular world, I'll be like, my goodness, yeah. that's top quality. We need to be following that. But I think of in the Old Testament them making the tabernacle as far as as far as I guess serving Him with excellence, like. It was the it was the people who were the most skilled that did the, all the work there, and I I think that's a way to honor him, you know. Well, I think it's important for you know local church for Sunday morning service. I think <clears throat> coming just as or, a person, or Saturday morning depends. Saturday morning, <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Or even I used to go to church on Saturday nights. Um, you know when I, when I'm sitting at, even at a concert or whatever, and 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 someone's not good, and or you're on YouTube or whatever Facebook and you're just seeing these terrible singers, you're you're laughing, you're not thinking, you know, of God. You're thinking, wow, this person's terrible. And so when churches allow and say, you know, but this person has a really good heart, we're just gonna let them sing. Mm-hmm. I think pastors sometimes don't think about that visitor coming that morning who doesn't know Jesus. They're completely unchurched. And someone invited them or they just saw the church and decided to come in. And, and what are they going to be experiencing when they sit for the very first time in, in your sanctuary? And, um, you know, as, for like our church, we kind of did a reboot a few years ago where we literally shut down as the old church, the old name, the old ways, because we had a very old-fashioned kind of church that um, the pastor was, and I take these words from Christine Kane, like an aquarium keeper yep. instead of a fisher of men. And so I think we need to be conscious of the fact that we're fishers of men, and when anyone can YouTube or Facebook amazing talent 24-7 and you want them to visit your church for the first time so that they can hear about who Jesus is and have a life-changing experience, you I just think you need to make sure that the caliber of excellence is high only because I've been in churches where I've literally laughed at the music. It was so terrible. Mm-hmm. And then in that moment, I feel bad, right? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like a You're jerk. A very bad yeah. Person. <laughs> well, and then, but then am I, but I'm not thinking about God. I'm not yeah. worshiping because yeah. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is the most terrible thing I'm hearing. I'm yeah. embarrassed for this person. And so if a person they're, who they're, doesn't even yeah, know they're, the they're Lord, not embarrassed for themselves though. They're, they're cool. Yeah. <laughs> they're cool. But are, but are you leading? I guess everything that happens. <laughs> yeah, Let me say this. Like, you may need to. And, re- and you're cringing, right? Aren't right, you cringing? You are. Yeah, yeah. It's like a cringe worthy <laughs> moment. You're like, oh, I hope there's no guests here. That is, it's, yes. Yeah. And, and if everything that happens on the platform is supposed to be um, unto the Lord, but at the same time to bring in the lost. I think people need to be really conscious of that. And I think some churches get so, so focused on it has to all be unto the Lord, unto the Lord, that they forget that the that the lost are watching going, mm-hmm. this is terrible, or this is hokey, or that was dumb. Or, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, and I'm not saying yeah. we need to water down the word at all, yeah. ever. Um, I, it's just about presentation. And for, you know, for my personal preference, and I'm sure we will get some people who are mad at me for saying this, I prefer really good music, yeah. and and I prefer yeah. Um, yeah. to not so sit yeah. and listen to so someone do, So preach. do most people, except for the ones who don't do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or even just like a 95-minute a sermon. Yeah. Is it necessary? Yeah. Can you not get your point across a little shorter? Because yeah. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like people, especially unchurched people, that's who you're trying to um, teach, you know, to uh, know who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Are they going to sit and listen to someone speak for ninety minutes, and are they going to come back? Yeah. And and so you want to honor God, you want to lift Him up, you want to be true to the gospel and say exactly who Jesus is and draw people to Him. And at the same time, 
you want to do it in a way that would make that person come back because, mm-hmm. or at least go continue their quest for finding out who Jesus is and going to church because that's the point is to be fishers of men. Sure. And I think so many times we get caught up in our own, um, our own, what we like presentation instead of thinking about is what song we're doing today going to draw people to the Lord and is it going to bring them into closer relationship with him? Somebody said that churches, church, exists for the ones who are not there yet. So it's not for us, it's for somebody else. So my last question is, how had, uh, you know, my, our faith tradition in Seventh-day Adventist, you've sang for us. How, have we treated you well? Are you oh, happy with us? Uh, you, have, have you met any weird people? Have we always embraced you and loved you? Because yes. we, we're, we're, very, we're, very, we're big fans. Like Adventism is a huge fan of Sailor. I don't know why. It's like it's like a, <laughs> it's great. We it's love like it. Except look. when you trick us with those veggie burgers. Oh. Aside from that, yeah. where were we in Loma Linda? And we're like, this is really good. Like cow pung, cow chicken, or whatever. It was like Chinese food, and they're like, it's tofu. It's tofu. That's nice. I think one of the big things I've been struck by, aside from health, um, mm-hmm. was just how important family is. Mm-hmm. Um, Within the Seventh Day Adventist Church, it's every and we've sung at so many churches. I mean, all over the country, um, and just the importance of family. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that struck me. I think the most. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, every everywhere oh, we've gone, I mm-hmm. I really can't think of a uh, a weirdo, a, a weirdo <laughs> or a bad experience. You know, I, t- I it's interesting because I grew up church um, assemblies of God and then Church of God, so yeah. um, we're charismatic. But um, when I started with Sela, I think one of the things that struck me the most, because, you know, you only, your experiences, I don't know, your understanding of things is only as, like, large as your experience with it. Um, And, you know, I grew up in the same church, so I didn't, like, travel to different denominations anytime. And so with Sela, we get booked at so many different denominations of churches. Mm. I mean, Seventh-day Adventist. I had never been to a Seventh-day Adventist church in my life the first time we went to sing at one. Um, We've sung in Catholic churches, you know, Protestant, Methodist, whatever. And and for me personally, I think it's grown me in the Lord in that I, like, we're all the same. We believe in Jesus. We have the same core values that Jesus is the Messiah and that he died for our sins and, um, you know, and he's the, the one way to heaven. And, and so when you start to kind of lay these things out, you start to realize, wow, denominations are kind of silly sometimes with the fighting amongst each other and I'm right and you're wrong and I, you're right. And, and, and I think that this 13 years I've been with Selah, the one, one of the things that, that I've grown in the most is just understanding, like, I love Jesus, you love Jesus, so why can't we just be friends? Yeah, I, I really appreciate you guys' perspective and wish you nothing but the best. Uh, hope to see you guys again. And this has been the Lead Podcast. Uh, thank you and join us again. So there it is. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Sella and all the wonderful stories they had to share with us about their lives as musicians and people who serve the people of God. We just want to encourage you, if this is your first time listening, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, any podcatching app you can think of. If you do subscribe to us on iTunes, please leave a review. We are always doing giveaways and cool things for those who do leave reviews. So thank you so much to those who have. And don't worry, you're not discounted from future giveaways and things. You're still a part of this. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback for the show, you can tweet us at LeadSU for Roger or at Ryan180Becker for myself. Or you can email us at at leadsupodcast at gmail.com. 
or you can visit us at theleadpodcast.com. Thank you guys so much for checking us out, for being a part of this leadership journey with us. We are praying for you on your journeys with your churches, with your ministries, whatever it is that you are doing with the calling that God has placed on your life. We'll see you next time.